Brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. For those of you like me who are 35 and older, you're part of a world that remembers and who experienced life before the internet and those who have grown up with the internet as just part of your lives. Working with college students, this is one of a growing number of areas that makes me feel much older than the kids. But for those of you who are like me, remember when you first got that email address, the first time you went online, maybe to Alta Vista, which was the first Google of its time, to search for something. You probably can't believe how dramatically life in the world has changed. I'll never forget the day that this happened for me. It was my senior year of college at the start of the spring semester. I was being forced to get an email address. Up until then, you didn't need to log into anything. You just fired up the computer in the computer lab. You took out your handwritten notes. You transcribed them onto WordPerfect, which don't laugh, I still use. I can't use Microsoft Word. You printed it out. You had your floppy disk so you could save it, and that was it. That was your extent of your use of a computer. Well, on this one particular day, we were told we needed to get this new ID, which turned out to be an email address, in order to sign on to use a machine. I remember just being annoyed at another layer preventing me from creating whatever I thought was going to be a literary masterpiece for my professors. I kind of had images of that kid Ralphie from A Christmas Story with the teacher going A+++++. And actually, you know, the grade was never near that feedback, shoot your eye out, was tame compared to what I got. But anyway, I digress. After getting my ID, something so unique as JNC01, 
at allentowncollege.edu and logging in for the first time. I was still sorting all my notes and my books and stuff. And that's when a friend of mine sitting just on the other side of the computer lab emailed me for the first time of profound, memorable email that said, hi. I didn't even know what email was. I just remember the alert coming up on my screen and reading it. And I literally got up and walked over to the other side of the room and said, what is this? How did you do that? I didn't even know how to reply to him. After he showed me, I remember thinking, what is the point of this? I mean, it's like a complete waste of time. It's gonna, how's this gonna have any impact on my life other than my friends annoying me when I'm trying to get my work done? It hadn't even registered that everyone eventually would have an email, that we would all be connected and able to communicate like that. I never even imagined staying in touch with my friends in any way other than either seeing them or a phone call on, a, on the landline or perhaps writing a letter and mailing it. But this one particular day in the basement of Dueling Hall remains incredibly memorable, recognized how the world changed and would continue in ways that I never anticipated. That some 25 years later, we would be wireless, laptops, get emails on your phone that could fit in your hand that we have basically attached to us. Some even going even further and having it on their wrists as a watch. It's incredible. We used to be amused or curious watching cartoons of the Jetsons or Star Trek and imagining all these inventions in some far off futuristic time, but I guess I never expected to see it. I could never have anticipated how life was changing that one particular day sitting in front of a computer screen getting my first email from my buddy Fred. When was the last time you can remember your life changing on a particular day? The internet is a pretty materialistic, earthly example. Working with college students, when we've asked them that question, sometimes they'll point to the day they got their driver's license and were able to take out on the road for the first time alone. Or when they moved out to school and were on their own that first night in their dorm room. A bunch of my former students, uh, alumni, have gotten married recently, and they'll talk about when they first met one another and that particular time they knew this person was the one. One couple who included the first student I ever met when I first started working as a chaplain at Montclair State and was able to witness their marriage and just two weeks ago baptized their firstborn son. They said after the baptism, they came up to me and they go, when did we become parents? When did that happen? I said, well, the paperwork says March 20th, 2020, but I get their point. They were just taken aback by how much life had changed for them. When was the last time you can remember your life changing on a particular day? Familiarity oftentimes isn't our friend. And when we hear this gospel account, we can remember hearing it before and think, oh yeah, this is the call of the disciples. And we almost treat it like signing up for a club or a class or something. Yet in these very few verses, this was no ordinary day. Life was changing, not just for Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, but for the entire world, from the beginning of creation to the end of the world, whenever that comes, and for every human being who the Lord God had breathed his very life into, who has ever walked on this planet. 
It sounds like hyperbole. Yet these very first words that Jesus utters in the Gospel of Mark are meant to echo throughout creation and throughout history. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Fulfillment for humanity who suffers and experiences brokenness in their own individual lives and can easily rattle off examples of brokenness all around all around the world. Fulfillment is meant to stop humanity in its tracks. Yes, the, the deepest things that every soul hopes for and longs for is here. The restoration, the, the peace, the reconciliation we seek between God and man is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. All of it in the person of Jesus. These four, we read, abandoned their nets. These first words of Jesus captivated their souls. They heard the invitation to truly experience this change and followed him. Their life's work, their relationships with family and friends, their ambitions, this was a dividing line between before and after. Their very lives were forever changed on what would turn out to be no ordinary day. For most of us, we were baptized as infants. And once again, familiarity isn't our friend. Because we've had the sense of belonging throughout our lives, the radicalness of life before Jesus and after isn't a vivid memory. And unfortunately, for a vast majority of Catholic Christians, particularly here in the United States, there's not even a sense of, of sacrifice or, or demands that's required from belonging to him. Being Christian is treated like a membership in a club that was signed up for a long time ago that much thought hasn't been given to what that even means. Sometimes even people will come to Mass with a sense that they should be thanked for coming rather than seeing our worship as something that, as we say during Mass, is right and just that we do. That God, who's given us everything, deserves our worship. And in the process, we've kind of, in a sense, let the world and the things of this world, our pursuits of them, to corrupt the identity, to diminish what's expected when we recognize Jesus has called us to follow him. If we want to experience the radical transformation that affects this life and the next that Jesus offers, then we need to hear his directions again. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, just hearing that usually brings up thoughts of Lent and all the sins that we need to turn away from, which is in part true, but it limits it just to behaviors and actions that, that need to be corrected. Bishop Robert Barron explained that Jesus seems to be hinting at a change at a far more fun, foundational and fundamental level of one's being. Jesus urges his listeners to change their way of knowing, their way of perceiving and grasping reality, their perspective, their mode of seeing. This means we too have to drop our nets. We need to let go of the fears that limit and inhibit us. We need to recognize the futility in pursuing wealth that ultimately will lead to a dead end. We have to abandon our desire for 
popularity, knowing how fleeting being admired by this world lasts. People are lucky if they have 15 minutes of fame. And when we drop our nets and we leave all those things behind, it's then that we're left with Jesus Christ alone, perhaps seeing Jesus with new eyes or hearing Jesus for the first time truly calling us. Only then will the kingdom become real for us, the fulfillment we desire actualized, and our lives forever changed.